Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm your host, JT. You're listening to us here in Portland on AM860, The Answer. KEEU in Pennsylvania. And thanks to our good buddy and our guest today, Ryan Balaji, the Golf News Network. We'd like to thank the folks over at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended and also Ben Hogan Golf, home of the Hogan Demo Program. No risk or obligation. You can check that out at BenHogan.com or BenHoganGolf.com. Excuse me. I want to welcome back our friend of the show, Ryan Balaji from Golf News Network. He's been a busy guy and we're going to talk about that today. Ryan, welcome. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. What's going on with uh, GNN? Uh, there's a lot going on, but the most exciting thing is uh, the launch coming soon of Golf News Net Radio. We've signed a three-year deal with iHeartMedia to launch and produce this 24-7 free-to-access golf talk channel, kind of first-of-its-kind type thing. Uh, it'll be available through all of iHeartMedia's different apps for various platforms, so for your phone, for your OTT boxes, so your Apple TV, Roku-type boxes. Uh, your Android Auto and Apple CarPlay apps uh, available in your vehicle if you have it, Uh, your smart speaker if you have it, pretty much everyone has one of those these days, and then through TuneIn as well as on our website, golfnewsnet.com. So very excited to get it going. Uh, Excited to have you as part of it as well. And there's, there's a lot to to put together, but it's coming together. Yeah, there is a lot. I mean, you know, being a guy that's worked in network radio for a long time, there's a lot of moving parts. And um, sometimes one of the wheels falls off, but you can hop out and put it back on real quick and it keeps going like that. What uh, what prompted you to, to do this, Ryan? I've really, I mean, I've always loved radio is my kind of favorite way to communicate. I mean, I know I write a lot and have over the course of my professional golf journalism career but what got me into it in the first place was talking about golf was doing a streaming audio show on the internet before there were ipods and then doing one of the first golf podcasts and doing the show forever because i really enjoy talking to people and expressing myself this way and i have been listening to uh, a station called the vegas stats and information network and, and they specialize in in sports radio with a betting slant and I kind of admired the way that they went about it. The idea of kind of starting small when they started on Sirius and expanded their live programming and then eventually moved over to iHeart. They started a TV network, which now has all kinds of different carriage. 
but they have live programming with all kinds of different angles on this big amorphous world of, of sports betting. And I thought to myself, you know, we could do the same thing for golf and there is no such thing in existence. So let's just make it up and see if it's possible. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of my favorite thing to do is just make something that doesn't exist and try to make something of it. And unfortunately the iHeart people were uh, very open and receptive to the concept and just had to work through some ideas and took a little time to do that. But we got to uh, agree that we're, we were going to do this and, and get the deal in place. And uh, you know, obviously their distribution is enormous. They reach 40 million monthly users through their digital platforms and something like 150 million registered users they have in their database. So it, there's a decent chance that you've probably listened to something uh, that they've produced recently, if not very recently. So to have that kind of platform for something like this, uh, a sport, frankly, that deserves it and has plenty of content for it. That's really, really cool. Yeah, it is. And, and I, I chuckled when you said you created something that wasn't there before paraphrasing. That's kind of how I've always done my stuff too. Maybe that's why we get along so well is because <laughs> I've had people come up and say to me, how'd you, How'd you come up with this? I don't know. I was just driving down the road one day and thought, why can't I do this? And then I go do it. Uh, you know, yeah, so I think there's a certain insanity uh, <laughs> to be able to say, well, this doesn't exist. So surely I can do it and be the first person to do it. Uh, yeah. There's obviously some hubris in that, but also some creativity. I think it takes just to kind of think, okay, you can do this and let's, let's see what that would look like and let it evolve and become its own thing. And, and it does that over time and other people get involved and they help change it a little bit too, make it better uh, and, and shape it as well. And, and it becomes what it becomes. But um, hopefully that's what happens with this is that this is just a conception that I came up with, but ultimately all the people who are contributing to it are going to shape the direction of it. They're, they're going to have an opportunity to reach potentially more people. They're going to have an opportunity to kind of talk about the sport that they love in a way and maybe they didn't before, and they're going to shape what the conversation in golf is every day. That's, that's a pretty powerful thing, I think. Well, I think so. And the one thing I like about uh, where you're going with this is because, uh, like on this show, we don't normally talk to um, tour players, for example. Um, yeah. You know, it's just there's so many other people in the golf world uh, from the lowest to the highest levels. And I like to talk to the people that are, uh, that are creative and, uh, real characters, you know, uh, they've developed something or they've done something or, and I, we do talk on, uh, grilling at the green to a lot of like TV commentators. Well, you know, cause you, yeah. I work with you, but you know, when you've got anywhere from Jerry Fultz to Dottie Pepper, blah, 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 like that, it, it's a different thing than talking about how to fix your backswing because I gave up trying to fix my backswing a long time ago, you know, and, uh, or my swing, I should say, not my backswing, but you know, I think there's such a wide array Ryan of subject matter in the world of golf that you can, you can talk about any of it and, uh, somebody's going to want to listen. I guess I hope so because that's why I'm doing this show. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, that's the fascinating thing about it is 
I mean, there's so, I mean, obviously we're a niche sport, but we are one of the largest participatory on a professional level, but we're, we're probably the second or third largest participatory sport in America. Yeah. Um, you know, 30 million people or so, depending on which number you want to believe, play golf in the, or some form of golf in this country. And millions more are interested in playing some form of golf in this country. And that's not to say anything about the millions of people who aren't in this country that play the game that can access the station too, which will be great. But we all have different things that we want to take out of the game. We have all different things that interest us. And there's so many different rabbit holes to go down in golf from instruction to equipment, to travel, to fitness, to analytics, betting, there's hickories. I mean, we can go niche in a niche yeah. uh, really quickly. And there's still going to be a pretty sizable group of people who would love to hear about that on our station. And if you haven't heard that topic already, you might hear it and be more interested in it. You might get more involved in the game. And I think that's the really important thing with this is, yes, we're going to talk tour. Of course, we're going to talk tour. That's, that's a kind of daily thing that we have as subject matter. But we also are dedicating a lot of our airtime to these subjects that affect the day-to-day golfer, that might interest the day-to-day golfer that goes out there either when they have time or weekends or whatever and wants to be a part of this game. No, I think that's true. And uh, if you just look at the variety of people we've had on this show or other golf shows, uh, you know, broadcast from different areas, whatever, there's such a wide array of people that enjoy the game, as you were speaking of, that it's kind of hard not not to find something that people would be interested in in the sport of golf. I mean, that's just my take on it, but I think I think that's really true. <clears throat> I mean, I think golfers are a unique bunch too. You don't see cyclists or tennis players playing their sport for hours at a time and then spending several hours afterwards sitting around talking about what they just did for several more hours. But golfers do that and we do it a lot. And there are a lot of us who like to talk to each other about golf and we just happen to be married to or with or affiliated with people who don't want to hear that uh, all the darn time. (laughs) So having an outlet like this to be able to kind of scratch your itch uh, when you want to think about golf or talk about golf and Maybe just don't have someone else to talk to. Uh, I think it's also going to be pretty helpful. That's true. We're going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green. We're going to be back with Ryan Ballingy, the proprietor of Golf News Network, right after this. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Today our guest is Ryan Balaji from Golf News Network. And, of course, you're listening to us here in Portland on AM 860, The Answer, and WEEU back in Pennsylvania. Uh, and through the Golf News Network, we'd like to thank the folks down at Langdon Farms Grill. Don't forget about their Friday night prime rib specials. And uh, they have a lot of good food there. And it's a very lovely atmosphere, very casual, but really nice. Check them out. They're right off I-5 there south of Portland at Langdon Farms. If you want to email us too, it's really easy. It's just golf at salempdx.com. You can find us on Facebook and 
I think 33 platforms right now, Ryan. So it's, that's kind of, I won't say that's kind of blowing my mind anymore, but it just, it, it's just such an expansive universe of the different types of digital platforms you can put it on out there for the podcast versions. It's crazy. I mean, it's huge. Um, last time we, last time you were on the show, we were talking about sports books. And you were getting involved in sports books through GNN. And if you go to the GNN website, you can see all kinds of different things there. How is that going for you? It's going pretty well. I mean, I think I mentioned this last time. You know, we were kind of a first mover in talking about golf betting and to a lesser degree, fantasy golf. Right. And now with the kind of broader legalization of that state by state around the country, there's obviously been a more content around sports betting and golf betting than there's ever been because you can. You can monetize it. Uh, sports books are offering huge customer acquisition value, and there are a lot of people who chase that for better or for worse, sometimes for worse, sometimes with good content, sometimes sure. just there to be there. But I, I think we've always thrived in trying to explain to people how golf is played and how golf, golf professional golfers succeed at the highest level and to try to simplify that because I, I think that our approach – has proven itself over and over again as effective where you can take a long-term view of a golfer's performance and kind of understand it and analyze it in the context of their current form, but not have to be so specific about it that you spend days pouring over spreadsheets to get your, your potential <laughs> answers of who to like and why you like them. And I think that that is the best kind of way to look at it because there are so many unknowns in golf and there is so much stuff that you can't account for with statistical data. But right. that all said, I think the content does well, but it is kind of nice to have some competition in the space too and kind of legitimizes what we've done all along. But uh, I will admit that it's not quite as large of a part as the portfolio as maybe it was in the earlier days at GNN. Yeah. Well, I think the for the most part, the days are long gone of the smoky filled back rooms with a chalkboard, uh, you know, doing the odds calculations and the number of bets and stuff like that, uh, the way it was not just for golf, but for most all sports, I think that all went away, you know, 20 odd, 30 years ago, whatever, uh, except in yeah. the sports books in Vegas and Reno and whatever States they were legal in. I think it's kind of cool that people can do it now. You can hop online and do it. Um, and a lot of these things you can do while the game's actually going on. You know, you can change your bet at halftime or add to it or whatever uh, in some of the the stadium sports and stuff. So um, we've come a long way, but I do think people like to take a little risk, you know, not a whole lot. Well, some people do, but, you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, yeah, I'd like to say I won 200 bucks on the Dodgers or whatever, uh, which that never happened. But uh, you know what I mean? I think I think people uh, I think people enjoy that. It gets them out of the mundane stuff of just staring at the boob tube and and going, yeah, that was uh, that was a really nice play there or whatever. Yeah, you kind of have to use your brain a little bit, kind of engages you maybe a little bit more in, in what you're watching depending on what it is that you're watching. Yeah. Golf is the, probably the most bettable sport that there is. I mean, there's so many different things that you could bet on the outcome of for every single shot. Uh, if you, if it got down to it, we're not, we're not there yet. I don't know how 
involved that's ever going to be. But you can bet on the outcome of a hole or 18 holes or between two players or three players or larger groups or to win. Top, I mean, there are probably a good 20 different ways you could bet on a golf tournament every week. And that's before we get into stuff that happens actually during the tournament, shot by shot, hole by hole. So there's, there's a lot going on there. And I, I think that, again, and you mentioned it, you don't have to take a big risk to do it. You can bet a dollar here. $2 there. If you're feeling frisky, five or 10, sure. Uh, you know, you might be a, a bigger wagerer, but you probably, um, you're probably pretty strategic about that, but it's just something that kind of keeps you engaged in the product a little bit longer and gives you a reason to kind of stick through maybe too many commercial breaks. So we get as golf viewers <laughs> and, uh, watch it to the end. Well, if you think about it, if you've ever gone out and played, which I know I'm sure you have, and I have, and you're out there and, and, you're playing with a a shark, so to speak, and I'm not talking about Greg Norman, and and they want to, you know, they want to do a a two dollar Nassau or something like that. Well, that's all fun and games, but then when you get the guys that'll say, and I've played with a couple of these guys over the years, I I make a habit of not to do it anymore because it was costly, but they would say, um, uh, you know, I bet you I can hit this and. Uh, knock it, uh, ricochet it off the ball washer at the next tee, get it back and get it within two feet of the cup on the, on the hole you're playing. And you're thinking like, that's crazy, but you know, they've practiced that shot or they've got somebody up there that'll throw their ball on the green or whatever, kind of the old Titanic Thompson type deals. Um, this is much more secure than that, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, and there are still pitfalls to it, though. I will say that because golf doesn't have an injury list. We don't we don't have that like in other sports where the teams are required to report players that are held out of practice or they're doubtful for a game or, or what have you. We don't have that. I mean, we have WDs, and they can happen at any time for sure. any reason, even a reason that's different than the one they give the tour. You just have to give the tour a reason for the WD. You don't have to tell them the truth. Right. Um, and so you, that kind of that kind of information might come out in a news conference. It might never come out. It might come out well after the fact. So that's something to think about with golf. That we, we can't, again, another thing you can't really account for, along with the wear and tear of travel, uh, things like that, that just kind of stuff that piles up maybe a little bit more in an individual sport than maybe you see in a team sport because you have people to lift each other up. You have, Kind of when one guy's down, another guy steps up, those types of things. In golf, you don't have that. You have you and yourself, and that's it. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Ryan Balangie from Golf News Network right after this. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Hey, welcome back to Grilling It's Green. I'm JT. We're talking with Ryan Ballinger today. Again, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and Ben Hogan Golf, tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. That's benhogangolf.com. So Ryan's been busy. If you're just tuning into the show, he's got a new radio network that this show is going to be part of. When Do you have a launch date set yet, Ryan? 
January 3rd, 2022 will be our first full day. Yay. And again, how can people find it on an iHeart? So you can use all of iHeart's different platforms. So your mobile app, they have a mobile app, so you can search Golf News Net Radio that way. You can search for it using your Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. They have app, an iHeart app for that as well. So if you've got that on your phone, it'll work on your, your car. You can use their website. You can use their smart speaker. You can use any smart speaker uh, that's equipped with it and say, play Golf News Net Radio, and it'll play it. You can also use their apps for your TV devices, your TV boxes like Roku and, and Apple TV. It'll be on TuneIn under Golf News Net Radio, and it'll be, of course, on our website on golfnewsnetradio.com. Well, it'll be on our website, too. So there you go. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll participate with that. <laughs> and it'll, it'll all be good. You've had a really good um, experience, uh, history in working in sports and especially golf. I'm not sure that some of our listeners uh, know that about you. I'd like you to give them a, a brief history of, uh, you know, after you got out of high school type thing of all the stuff you've done, because you've been quite creative. You've worked for some big companies and then you've done a lot up by yourself and it's quite impressive. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, I'll give the, the short version of the long story, but sure. I wanted to go be a journalist. So I went to the university of Maryland at good J school, got in J school as a freshman or before freshman year. And, and that was apparently a significant thing. I didn't know that, but got there and, Got into journalism 100. The dean of the J school teaches the class, and it's in this auditorium with a couple hundred people. And says you can expect to make between 14 and 41 thousand dollars your first year out of school. And at the time, the minimum wage, I believe, was five dollars and 15 cents an hour. So I multiplied that by 2,000. Like that's not that far off from working at the 7-Eleven on the low end. And no offense to 7-Eleven, but I wasn't getting a college degree to work effectively at a 7-Eleven. Right. So uh, I never went back. I went and got a business degree for undergrad, and I got a graduate degree in public policy. It's what I, one of the things I'm most passionate about. And I worked for a nonprofit for, I guess, four years out of uh, out of college, out of undergrad, or excuse me, out of graduate school, working on affordable housing issues. It's something really important to me too, and really enjoyed it. Worked in IT. I've always enjoyed coding and building things, kind of in the digital world, and kind of can marry that with my, my interest in public policy and kind of being a do-gooder type. And um, all the while I was doing golf stuff. I was doing the aforementioned uh, golf podcast before there was a podcast streaming radio, and then got into sh- podcasting when that became a thing and started doing writing for precursors to blogs called fan sites, which are kind of more like what we have now, truly with like an SB Nation type thing. Sure. And just kind of built up a little bit of a portfolio, eventually took over the blog that SB Nation had for the sport called Waggle Room. And that was kind of where it started to really gain a lot of traction. And we were getting a decent audience each month, not a ton of people, but enough, six yeah. figures, some yeah. enough to catch some, catch some eyeballs. And fortunately uh, a gentleman named Rob Bolton, who now works for the tour, but had been working with NBC Sports Fantasy pro- products, noticed my writing, liked what I was doing, and when they were on the lookout for a golf blogger, he recommended me for the job, and he uh, he changed my life because they they contacted me, 
and asked if I would be interested in covering the 2010 Ryder Cup for, for NBC Sports. And they asked me to treat it as a tryout. It went well. They, they hired me as a golf blogger. I quit my, my day job and become a, a golf writer, work with them. And Golf Channel, when they merged with Comcast at NBC Universal uh, for a couple of years, and then wound up working with the, the, the ill-fated short-lived Back Nine Network, and then ran Yahoo's golf blog for three years and had a great time doing it. And they were very supportive of what I was trying to do in building Golf News Net brick by brick in the meantime. And ultimately in the middle of 2017, right after the U.S. Open, uh, when they merged with uh, Verizon and, and AOL, that was kind of the end of that by force. So sure. a little bit sooner than I wanted, but I, I went out on my own uh, just about four and a half years ago. And now we're in year five of of doing this thing and have just tried every year to get a little bit better, try to get a little bit larger audience, try to figure out something that maybe we can bring to the table that hasn't been done before. And obviously radio is, is now kind of a big part of that. And that'll be the, the next big thing we're, we're trying to get right. And then the next thing that we'll do is hopefully some television stuff uh, with the OTT boxes and trying to take some of the radio programming for TV, but also doing unique stuff just for, for television and seeing where that takes us. And, and hopefully if we have this conversation again in two or three years from now, it'll, it'll have evolved even further and maybe finally become the full butterfly out of the, uh, out of the cocoon. Well, I'll tell you if the weather <clears throat> would ever cooperate out here, I would get you those cooking segments, but between, go <laughs> between going from 105 uh, to 115 degree heat down to big, almost tsunami type storms coming in here. It's been a little tough for me to do the outdoor cooking segments the last few months, but they're, they're still there. We're working on them. But, um, anyway, that, <laughs> you know, that's the other thing. If, if you watched any of the football games yesterday, especially, uh, Sunday night football, you know, you saw the rain in that, uh, that's one of the things with golf is very seldom in like football and those, uh, they do it more so in baseball, but when you've got storms and stuff, rarely do they call the game, but in golf, because you're right out there on the field. And if there's thunderstorms and different things, they will do that. So that can always kind of mess up your broadcast, uh, whether it's radio or television, especially in radio, because we don't have film to, you know, fall back on. And so we got to just keep talking. And uh, <laughs> I know that people are going, geez, would you just shut up and play the commercials, you know, whatever. So, uh, <laughs> but it, you know, that happens, but I, I also, I also commend you. Um, now this isn't a mutual admiration society folks who are listening, but it is true. Cause I do admire Ryan a lot in the fact that in our business, people 10 years ago, when, the internet and digital platforms and properties were really taken off. They say, Oh, radio will die. Right. Radio will die eventually. Um, that's actually proven not to be true. It's just expanded through the digital platforms and stuff, but terrestrial radio, uh, people are still going to drive their cars. Some people aren't going to like satellite deliveries and different things. So radio will be along on, on multiple versions for a long time there. I'll get off my, I'll get off my soapbox, Ryan. I promise there, but uh, it's all good. Your it's not going anywhere. That's no, for sure. I mean, there, 
there are on-demand ways of listening. There are more passive ways of listening through tuning into a station. And just the delivery method has changed. Yeah. Uh, you might listen more through an app on your phone using your internet connection. You might listen to a podcast instead. It's, it's just the delivery method may have changed, but the concept of high-quality audio programming isn't going anywhere. No, not not at all. I And I was going to say, your friends at Golf Channel still reach out to you because I saw you not long ago on there. They did a piece with you, and that's got to help too. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Uh, it doesn't hurt to have have that kind of kind stuff come my way every now and then. And, I mean, fortunately, this is a small world, right? Right. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, it is too because there's a lot of competition for a fairly small audience compared to a football or basketball or those types of things. But sure. I think a lot of us get along really well. And I think a lot of us are pulling for each other. A lot of us are rooting for each other. We know we kind of need each other a little bit. And I think that is, has always been a good hallmark of, of a lot of the people that I've worked with in this industry is that we're, we're all kind of in this together a little bit in part because we wouldn't have gotten into it if we didn't love golf in the first place. So I think that right. kind of binds us all together. You know how you said earlier in the show, you were talking about how you built golf news net brick by brick by brick. That's kind of, and we talked a little bit about this off the air, but that's really how I've kind of done all my radio shows over the years. And, and the TV stuff that I do is it's like, well, I thought it up and nobody said no. So I'm just going to go do it. <laughs> you know, and, and lo and behold, you know, I've been doing this a long time now. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back and wrap up grilling at the green with Ryan Balangie from golf news net. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, WEEU, back in Pennsylvania in the Golf News Network, among other platforms that are out there. We're talking with my buddy Ryan Balanchy from Golf News Network. We were talking off the air about creating shows and doing that, and when you start, it all seems very exciting and fun, but eventually it becomes a job if you're going to actually do it. And because um, I've heard people say, uh, they probably said it about me too. I have no idea, but they probably said, well, I could do that. Could you, could you really come up with something every week to, to talk about or to write about uh, that's interesting and, and entertaining and thought provoking and all those great uh, attributes that we look for. Um, it's a tough gig. It is. It's not easy. And that's not to say that it's harder than true hard jobs like construction work or picking up trash or all kinds of stuff that's actual backbreaking, difficult labor. But there is a lot of thought. There is a lot of time that goes into keeping something fresh and keeping it going and arranging things. There's a lot of logistics. There are a lot of skills, I think, that go into creating content that's, that's good, at least that I don't think people notice. And, and that's, that's how you know someone's doing it well, is if, if you think you can do it yourself really easily, not understanding how it all comes together, then the content creator is doing a great job. 
because they have made something that is actually kind of difficult at times look pretty easy and smooth. And then when you step back and try to do something different or bigger or broader, and you, you can realize how much really goes into it, then I think you start to have a full appreciation when you're on the other side of it, of just how difficult it really is. Yeah, when you walk through that door, this is a metaphor, of course, one of mine, which probably won't make sense to some people, but when you walk through that door and, and you know, want to step into that ring, so to speak, um, you may not have any idea what all is entailed in doing that, but you will learn very quickly or you will perish. That's my motto. Because <laughs> you, know, you, can't, you, can't, uh, you can't do it half-assed, as they say. Right. It's, it's a sink or swim kind of thing. And I, I think when you take over something or you try to create something and it's all on you, it's, it's a lot different than when maybe you're a part of a team or you're working off of someone else's idea or business or concept and you can kind of contribute to that. It's a little bit easier maybe to conceptualize, maybe a little bit easier to do your role. And then trying to kind of take over the entire thing, it, it can be pretty daunting. And that, it, that's just kind of how, I mean, that's anything. That's not just what we're doing. I mean, that's right. anything entrepreneurial. I think it, it is pretty daunting to say, okay, to go from, okay, I have this idea to, now, how am I going to do it and how am I going to make it last and how am I going to make it so successful that I can achieve my goals for it, whether that's making it a full-time job, whether that's making it profitable, whatever your goal is, but it, it can be daunting. And, but I think that's, that's the thing I, I think I love most about it is trying to solve a problem that either no one solved before or that is difficult for someone to solve. And when it goes right, there's no more satisfying feeling, but then there's also that kind of hollowness that comes from when you figure it out of, okay, well now what, now what's next? You just keep doing the same thing over and over. And maybe you kind of fall into a, if you feel a, a, a tendency to fall into a rut that can happen, or you, you get satisfied and you just do what you did really well for a long time. And you can be really successful and happy about it. Depends on what motivates you. Depends on what gets you up in the morning. But, um, but going from idea to doing is a big leap of faith. Oh, absolutely. So we've got about 45 seconds left here, Ryan. How can people find you? I want to make sure that people can find Golf News Net. And because um, I know they can sign up for emails and, and newsletters and different things there. How can they find you? Easiest way is on our website, golfnewsnet.com. You can listen to radio, watch our articles, or read our articles, watch our videos if you like. You can find all of our links for TV apps as well if you're interested in that. Follow, follow Golf News Net on any social media service. The handle is Golf News Net for all, all the platforms. And then if you want to find me specifically, uh, I'm at Ryan Ballengee, last name B-A-L-L-E-N-G-E-E. And that's the same name on all the platforms, too. So pretty consistent across the board. There you go. <clears throat> Ryan Ballengee, Golf News Net, um, is uh, a partner in crime with us here. And uh, we're going to expand our criminal intent uh, network. How's that? Uh, as far as it comes to golf. Uh, thanks for being with us, Ryan, this week. Folks, we'll be back next week with another edition of um, Grilling at the Green. I almost said Golf News Net. And um, 
Brian's going to stick around for a few minutes for After Hours. So take care, everybody, and have a good week. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.